Hello, and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about a resurgent football club. And Matthew, make no mistake, that margin flattered Adelaide immensely. That was, I'm calling it, our best performance of the year. We blanketed them from the opening bounce until the final siren. That game was never in doubt from the moment Mason Redmond launched one from 50. I'm calling it this football club's back. We uh, we might not do much damage in September. We may not even make September. But it's a football club again. We're on the right path. I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday's game. Yeah, look, I uh, first it's good to be back on the show doing my thing. I, I know, uh, you know, the, uh, the it just hasn't been the same without me. But of uh, course, here to say I'm back. Um, <clears throat> actually, I got a bit of a story for you a little bit later. You, you'll love it. Oh. It probably fits in with your narrative. But uh, um, yeah, look, I actually well. Here's a, a different story for you, but uh, anyway, I uh, I've rolled in to the game. I was sort of unsure if I was going to go. I was like, uh, hate, 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 hate that Sunday time slot at Marvel. I it's painful. It's painful. Hate it, and I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not giving in. I'm not doing it. And it was game of the uh, round as well. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, when I'm you make the fixture, you can't call. You, you're not expecting Adelaide Essendon to be game of the round. But anyway, I I digress. Continue. On paper, it was certainly time of the round. Game of the round, sorry. Anyway, uh, I get get dragged by my uh, close mate and and uh, housemate. Um, yeah, come come watch the UFC. All right, all right, I'll, I'll come. And, and we're just down the road from the thing. So right, I'll, I'll watch the UFC at a pub just down the road from uh, Eddie had the Crown or the King, the King. And then I'm going home. I'm not going to the footy. Anyway. Watch UFC, see the Volk uh, do his little thing, the WWE move, and uh, got the submission. Had my arm twisted. All right, I'll go to the footy. So I walk into the footy, scan my uh, general admission membership, uh, and I forgot that you guys are up on level two now. The so second I've level. Got, I've got to level one. I said, can someone uh, send up a run up a ticket so that I can show the lady at the top of the aisle that I'm in this row and blah, blah, blah. With the old membership with the plastic. Anyway, for the first time in my life, I have been a member of Essendon Football Club for 20 years. Never, ever, ever have I gone to the footy and just stood. I've had to stand for the entire first half, and I had enough by half time, and I left. <laughs> I just said, nah, nothing there. Being unorganized, that doesn't sound like you at all. Unorganized, I'm just spontaneous. Oh, okay. That's what you thought. So, oh, so, no, it is my own fault. I didn't intend to go. So, uh, yes, I should have organised myself better had I thought that I was going. But I thought, no, I, I hate that Sunday marvel. I'm not giving into it. But uh, look, where I was going with that was that as I was leaving, um, and luckily I, I was able to get back for the start of the third quarter or, or just after the third quarter. So I didn't miss much. But. Um, I, it was the first time in, in probably my life that I've actually gone, you know what, I actually have confidence in this club. Mm. I'm actually like sold. Like I'm actually like, okay, there's some genuine method to the way we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, there doesn't seem to be, touch wood, many off-field distractions. Uh, we, yeah, like you said, it just, I'm sold on the club's direction. And I've been pessimistic for a long time. So this is, you won't remember this well, because this was a similar, and I mean, the club will never get back to the depths of here. But when Essendon was playing in 2012 and early in 2013, you saw a similar method, well, not similar to the way they were playing now, but the club looked like it had game style. It looked like it was working. And that list, I've said on this podcast many times, that list was a top, certainly top four quality, 
Definitely preliminary final, and I think premiership quality list. Uh, I'm not saying that our list at this point is is of the same quality, but we we know from the history that you know a number of those players have gone on to become premiership players at other clubs, all Australians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I agree with you that watching this team play is I finally have trust in the team again that you know what you're getting every week. We may not win every week. Like, I think one of the best performances of our year was against Port Adelaide last week. You know, particularly under um, the way we absorbed the pressure, moved back into it, uh, got back in the game, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, apart from that Fremantle game, we are getting the same effort, the same style, the same consistency every week. And... Mm. There are parts of games where we're dropping off, but they haven't really cost us for a number of weeks now that we've been able to adjust relatively quickly and we're getting better and better and better at it. And uh, on the weekend, we did have a patch where Adelaide were dominating, but they could not generate quality inside 50s and they could not score. And that's going to be our evolution as a football club is when those patches get smaller and because we've been on the receiving end of this where you've had all the momentum, you've had everything, and you just haven't been able to kick a goal, and then finally the team gets it down the other end and kicks. And, and then that margin goes to four goals or five goals or whatever it is because you, you've gotten back in the game, but you haven't put the pressure on the scoreboard, and then they get the damn wall break. So we're on that journey, and we're not far away from being that type of football club. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I, the word I used was mature. I thought we were mature mm. in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps in, in previous years we might not have been. So, Well, um, the third quarter is really crucial because, and I was going to touch on this later, but we might as well jump into it now. Third quarter is really crucial because we lost potentially our most important player from a structural point of view, and that's Jordan Ridley. Ridley went off, and not only was he off that we brought the sub on and immediately took him out of the game and then we're able to adjust him in that way. He went off and he was off for about 11 or 12 minutes being assessed before he came back on. So we lost Ridley, who was structurally really important. Phillips in that same period of time went off and had a niggle that needed some work. And then Redmond went off. So we lost our dominant Ruckman and then we lost our, uh, our, well, we lost our most important structural player, our dominant Ruckman, and then one of our most important running defenders, and also a really good shutdown player. And for the majority of that quarter, more than half that quarter, we were able to continue to repel, adjust, and repel Adelaide's attacks. So from a mature, that, that quarter is so much more um, impressive when you look at it in the context of the game and the context of our season than simply just holding one of the best attacks in the league at bay. Yeah, no, look, look yeah, like, again, totally agree. Um, Adelaide were always going to come. Like, a, mm-hmm. they're, they're too good a side. So it's not the fact that we, oh, we let them have a run. Like, that, that, that is part of a game. That is part of playing quality opponents that Adelaide have, have, mm-hmm. have become. And, and kudos to them, given where they were only a couple of years ago. Um yeah, I just like the fact that how we were able to deal with it mm. uh, and the fact that we could just weather the storm uh, mm. and then obviously um, finish the job. What mm. I also did like, there's a bit of footage on the SNN FC Insta. Uh, it's like a reel or something. But uh, um, Darcy Parrish comes on and he sort of laughs to Zach. Uh, like they're off the ground, like the game's over. Mm. And, um, you know, Darcy goes to Zach. Oh, geez, a bit close at the end there. And like you can just sort of hear in the background, and you just see Zach Merritt shake his head in like, nah, we were not good enough. Yeah. And I just I, I said to someone or, or a group, I said, I won't say the actual word, but uh, it went on the lines of thank gosh for Zach Merritt. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll touch this touch on this when we get to the preview, but what I watched it a second time. I, I went home and watched the game again, and. When you watch it, knowing the time that's left, which the players did, Adelaide kicked three goals in in junk time. There there wasn't enough time on the clock for them to get six goals that was going to overrun us. Yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't have a more comfortable win 
and win by four plus goals. But the game was done. The you can see that it was just such a professional performance that we we'd done enough. We'd done enough to be up by six goals with four minutes to go. It would have had to be an absolute choke of a century for us to not get over the line. And we did, you know. Because at that point we you could tell that with Ridley out that the they went into a more professional let's just waste time. Let's keep the ball in a stoppage. We don't have to be in this open freewheeling play. We've done the damage. We've scored the score that we need. Let's just make this uh, a real struggle and just milk the clock as much as we can. And I was watching the game. I was really pleased with that, that they, Essendon went into that shift. They're like, okay, we, we've scored. We've scored over 100 points. Adelaide have only scored 60 at this point. Let's just take time off the clock. Let's just hold the ball up. Let's cause stoppages. Let's just really slow the game down. And yeah, Adelaide did get a little bit of a run on, but I would argue in those passages of play, there was a couple of 50-50 frees that went their way that had they gone um, the other way. Like, and that's not to say that the umpires got it wrong, but there was a couple of things where we got the ball out, we took a mark and they'd pay a push in the back or we'd get it here. And they, and those then resulted in the ball going back into the into the forward line and kicking the goal. Whereas if that's a a, a mark... We then get 30 seconds to set up the ground. We move the ball up. Do you know what I'm trying to say? There was there was little minor things that caused that mini run on more so than than poor play. Hmm. I, I I yeah, somewhat agree. I, I I've got some disagreement there. I think. Um, I I no, I I don't think we should overlook that uh, that finish. And I'm very glad that internally. Um, that that's something that's going to be probably looked at and 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 and, and addressed. Um, no, I, I I would hope that that's the case. I agree with you. I don't yeah. think we want this to become a habit, but I don't think it was as big a disaster as as some on social media would say. Oh, no, no, it wasn't. That we still won the game, but one one of the great roadblocks to greatness is complacency. Yeah, good is the enemy of great, is it not, Matthew? Some would say so. Um... But if so, put it this way: if someone said to you on Sunday morning, "You're," or even last week after we'd lost to Port, if they said to you, "Yeah, you can have a win on Sunday, but it's only going to be eighteen points. You're going to take it." Of course, of course, you are. Wins a win, yeah. but yeah. but but what I'm saying is, uh, like, I'm not saying that. It's a disaster that we gave them a few late. What, mm. what I'm saying is, I, I, I appreciate that there are key leaders within the group who will reflect on the game, but also address the fact, hey, we didn't finish that well, and that's something that we need to do better rather than saying, well, we won the game and uh, yeah, hey, a good week. That, that's no, what I'm trying to say. So, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. No, I'm, uh, I am glad and I'm sure, and, and this is part of our confidence in the club as a whole, is that Brad Scott certainly will, will know that that finish needs addressing. And yeah. Zach Merritt knows already that that finish needs addressing. So, that and that's... That's the next step in our evolution. And he said in the press conference, right, that he's excited because of how much improvement there he thinks is left in the group. And so that could have us as supporters very excited as well. Yeah, and I, I um, well, just to finish the Zach Merritt point, particularly when we're a side who uh, on a few occasions this year haven't finished that well, I against top sides, so I... Mm. Collingwood uh, and and Port Adelaide. That's why that's why I think it is so important that we address it, mm. um, you know, and and of course just the internal standards and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, what I liked from Brad in the presser was the mention of him believing. Actually, well, it's a separate point, but I'll, I'll touch on something he said before the game as well. Um, him addressing that if we get to September. We're actually the danger to the comp. Mm. We're the dangerous ones. Uh, is that what like Chris that. Scott said about Geelong? Is that what Chris Scott said? Uh, are you getting the twins confused, mate? I thought Brad said it. That no, was Chris Scott. Anyway, oh, well, but I agree okay. with you in that we, 
We have a free hit at September if we make it, right? Because, yeah, all the opposition supporters can talk about it's been 20 years since you've won a final. But the reality is everyone, everyone, apart from the most one-eyed Essendon supporter, Nuffies, that have podcasts like us, thought that we were finishing bottom four this year. So we have, just to make September, we have far overachieved, let alone potentially getting a home final, let alone potentially winning a final. So I agree with you. We we are the danger because we have shown this year that we were five goals up against Collingwood and one extra goal away from beating them. We were in front of Port Adelaide at the final siren and they are the two, clearly the two best teams in the competition. Yeah, we got... Uh, a touching up against Brisbane, but for large patches of that game, an undermanned Essendon matched them, and were we were in front at half time. So I agree with you. I think come September, we're the danger. We're the banana peel. We're we're not going to have a run like the Bulldogs did in in 2016 and and win the flag from 16th. But we may get to a semi final and and knock off a top four spot and and make it to a prelim. You know. And and really and probably get smashed in a prelim, but we we are the team that they want to avoid. That's for sure. Mm. Jeez, we're talking <laughs> we're talking big things, aren't we? Prelims and semifinals and uh... well, the thing is, if you look at our so the one thing I really well I liked, liked lots of things, but I really liked that this game was functionally a final because it was seventh versus eighth, and we're playing for a spot in September, mm. and we not only got the job done, but we got the job done really comfortably. And I think it, it bodes well for the group that this week, next week, and the week after, so we've got Geelong coming up on Saturday night, and then we've got the Bulldogs the next Friday. These three, this run of three games are all the equivalent to finals. Mm. In, if, we, if we can win two out of three, or even if we win three out of three, we're making September, there's no question. If we win two out of three, we're in a really good spot. Um, and the fact that we've beaten Adelaide already gives us a really big boost. But it's the experience of running into a big game that is as close to a final as you can get without it being an actual final. Yeah, yeah, look, uh, uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, the, the result of that game was uh, you know, season trajectory. Every game from here is. So, mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, look, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, easy um, – the foot's got to stay on the gas. And, and I'm, I, I, you know, like we said, probably the first time we've had that sort of confidence. So mm, um, mm. I did actually want to – sorry, if I may. If I may. Please. Slightly divert, unless you wanted to. No, no, go. Um, Brad, well, I didn't watch the interview, but I saw the Fox Sport News, um, you know, the little – bit of content they make, but him saying, uh, hey, we obviously want Darcy and Mason, but uh, if they want to go, I'm not going to blackmail them to stay. Mm. I, re- I like that a lot. I, look, I hope inside the four walls doesn't become a distraction, and I, again, have confidence that it, that it isn't. Um, but I like the fact that he's like, hey, if you're not in, see you later. Like, i I got something to build here. So, so Darcy's in. There's, already he's already said in interviews that he wants to stay. Okay. And they're just making it worse. I was at the start of the season, and I am still way more confident that Redmond was staying over Parrish. Mm. There is... If Redmond goes, I will eat one of Ali's dirty nappies. I am... Redmond is... Oh boy. Essendon from his man bun down to his little toe. There is no chance. Zero. Absolutely none that Redmond is going. I am he wants to be the captain of the football club. He this what the culture that, that Brad Scott has built at Essendon and Merritt and Heppel and Langford, the culture that they have built has everyone rowing in the same direction. I was saying to friend of the show, Christopher P. Costi, yesterday at the game. Um, he was at the game. He was at the game, sitting in your brother's seat. Um, oh, I couldn't have even got it. 
Well, we, we, we had some room. We could have wriggled around. Uh, I was saying to him yesterday that you can tell that these, the Merritts, the Langfords, the Laverdes, all of them, you can see it in their demeanour. You can hear it in, in interviews. They've had enough of losing. They've had enough of being an ordinary football team. And they, for the first time, potentially in their entire careers, they feel like they're in control of their own success and they're in control of their own destiny. And and it's very evident in the way that they play and the way that the team's shaping. So why would you, as a footballer coming into your prime, leave a team that has is clearly on the way up? Where, where are you going to go that you're going to have more potential success than Essendon in the next five years. Well, that yeah, I um, don't I don't know. Like, I, I, I was saying this in a in another um, group chat. Like, where actually is there for Darcy Paris to go? Geelong, mm. okay. Longer on the way down. Well, and I know we've been saying that for years and years and years, but there you can see already this year a few injuries to key players. They don't have that next level of talent. So why would you go from a mediocre club to a club that's going to have a bit of a dip in form? Mm. But well, yeah, that I mean, yeah, that, that's it. Like, why you get, are you going to go there and probably not have success? Because hey, look, mm. never know. We said that about them ten years ago, and they just mm. go. And it took them eleven years, but they got back there. Yeah, and but that was around the mark. Like, that yeah, was, that's right. That, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I, like I. Where's he going to go? Like, yeah, you know. Um, okay, and then Redmond supposedly back to Adelaide. Are you going to join the Crows? Well, and look, maybe. you could argue that Adelaide are on a similar similar trajectory to what we are, right? Mm-hmm. But then, why would you think about it in your workplace? Why would you leave your job in with the same? financial incentive, the same bonus structure, whatever, all the mates that you were drafted with and that you've developed with, to go to another workplace and meet all these new people and create all these new relationships and not have the shared experience of being through that difficult time to enjoy that success. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the only places that you would go are on the same trajectory as Essendon. Your Port Adelaide or Collingwood going to win potentially this year. Brisbane are getting towards the end of their window. Melbourne have a couple, maybe have another crack. And then who's the next cab off the rank? It's us. It's us. It's Adelaide. It's I think the Bulldogs are getting towards the end of their window. Um, GWS need a rebuild. They've got the top end. You know, it's, it's us or Adelaide. And why would you leave to go to Adelaide for the same experience that you're getting at Essendon? I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think you can throw Freo in there. Uh, yeah, Freo. Freo is probably I'm the other. I'm not actually sold that Carlton are that far off it. Mm, mm. I, I'm not sold. Like, with the talent they got on the list, I'm not actually sold that they're, they're, they're mm. as bad as what we might think. But um, yeah, that, that, that's my point. Uh, and again, another big call from you to say we're the next cab off the rank. We've done that for a very, very long time. But no, but I'm not saying we're gonna we're gonna win a flag, but we we you'll see in the next three to four years with this group maturing, as long as they can stay healthy, right? That the evidence is there. We've always had a talented list. And and now we have a sustainable game plan that with the expected development, we're going to be around the mark. We're going to be, you know, the top six teams for the next three or four years, for sure. I'm hoping that we're going to be the top team in that time, but it's definitely on the way up. There's no question. Well, yeah, I mean, we we have the potential. Mm. We still have mm. the potential, you know. Hopefully, uh, and again with a guy like Zach Merritt at the helm, and even Brad Scott, you, you hope that the hunger stays till, um, you know, the, the, there's another cup in the in the thing. But um, and 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 at larger, you also um, hope that they want multiple of those mm. things. Uh, mm. You know, you see, like with a side like Melbourne, very capable of it, but the hunger just isn't there. Mm. Um, mm. So. Well, yeah. We've been waffling on for about half an hour, Maddie, and we haven't even touched on the game. So why don't we jump into some likes and dislikes? And do you know what my first like is? A seven-goal opening quarter. Was that the best quarter that you have seen Essendon play this year? 
I mean, I thought I was back in like 2004 when I first started going on the footy, and just goals has happened. Like, yeah, um, yeah, game of ping pong early, um, and it, yeah, I, well, most I think we maybe it was the second quarter, but I, I briefly remember like nine eight to seven two. Um, mm. That wasn't the second, yeah, but yeah, yeah, second quarter. Um, so the inaccuracy hurting us there, but the to have generated that much. Uh, Scoring opportunity is, is yeah, it was pretty remarkable. So um, mm. that's one thing I'll, I'll give to Marvel is you do see a, a brand of football that is like technically great. Like you know, mm. e- almost every player is at their their skillful best because the conditions really aren't a factor. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, I, I'd, I'd certainly agree with you on on that and 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 the way we did it. It was very structurally sound and methodical and looked like this is a team that's playing, not just a, a bunch of blokes running a path back and uh, mm. a couple of guys going well. So, And Merritt really set the turn early, didn't he? That first tackle that created the the throw decision wasn't holding the ball. And then straight to Redmond and, and that goal, you're like, yep, we're on here. Mm. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I, I think just at large. Um, and this would probably be my my one and only like because I am conscious of uh, the time and the, and the listeners uh, not attention span but uh, willingness to hear about this game and and us. But uh, it was just a great team victory. Like it, just the, the method and the and the uh, this like I said the structure, the teamwork, the connection. It just, I, I, yeah, I haven't seen it. I, I think in my time, haven't really seen it, uh, or, or or been old enough to appreciate seeing it, um, ever. Uh, yeah, and, so, and there was a there was a couple of instances that really highlighted that. Right, there was in the third, I believe. Um, there was a mark that Peter Wright took deep in the forward line. And you just see, if you watch it back, you just see Phillips get in front of Riley O'Brien, bump him off the ball to open the space, Peter Wright. And there was countless efforts around the ground where you saw a block, a shepherd, a smother that was all about playing team football, which for some reason I really noticed it in this game more so than others, maybe because... Uh, Chris's young son was uh, was sitting next to me and, and he's just started playing footy and I was sort of pointing those things out to him. But like, because you know what it's like with, with kids when they play football, they're like, why didn't that player market and why didn't they do this? And why didn't, well, actually, if you watch the play here, if you look on the replay, you can see that Phillips goes past the ball so that he can open up space for Peter Wright or, you know, Guelphie goes over here so that he draws his player that way. And so maybe that's what made me a little bit more hyper-aware of what was going on. But from a team point of view, there was so much happening off the ball that the players were doing that was just opening up space and allowing good possession and, and good flow through the play. Yeah, we, we just looked willing to share. But mm. that, that, that's probably one thing I really appreciated. We, we, so often in the past, we've, we've had to rely on individual brilliance. Well, to say there wasn't individual brilliance yesterday, but we were just so willing to share the ball and the load. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, you know, we didn't really care who, who did it um, or who kicked the goals or who won the foot, so long as someone won it and we, you know, we got to play our way. So mm-hmm. um, for me, look, that, that is, uh, that's, that's pretty much my entire summary of the game. Was just, yeah. And then, look, there's a couple of performances to highlight, right? I'm really pleased with Hobbs. Hobbs is just, he has taken his opportunity with both hands. And I can't see, and you know I'm always partial to a really good number 12, right? I can't see Setterfield, where does he play? Where does he get back into this team? Because he's not displacing Hobbs and he's not displacing Caldwell from, Mm. from the rotations. So either we're losing a forward or we're losing a defender for them to rotate through those positions or we're losing a winger, right? Because 
as good as Cedarsfield was early in the year, you can't drop Hobbs. You can't drop Caldwell. And so that means that you're either pushing them back into their forward role and creating more midfield mix, and then Snelling drops out, Menzi drops out, and or Guelphie drops out, which I was watching um, just before you jumped on, I was watching on the couch, and I think Gary Lyon highlighted it really well, that those three are very similar to recent premiership teams as being the small forwards that actually run up and down the ground. They'll help out defence, and then they'll push really hard forward. They're using their big, engine, big engines and their speed to really put pressure on in defence and then spread and get on the end of the balls over the top. So are they going to displace those guys? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. And again, we discussed this, discussed this with uh, Robo Dello Sasho mm. uh, the other week. But um, yeah, it's hard to find uh, it's hard to find a spot for him at the moment. Um, if if you went on just the numbers, probably Menzi is is the one to go. But the thing about him is I I, I don't know what it is, but he just seems structurally so important. Like he doesn't get a lot of the footy. But I think yeah. like, just the work he does off the ball. And um, he runs – he is – this is going to be, sound like a really big call. But I think he is genuinely our best small forward for in that pure small forward role, knowing where to run, when to run, and how to be at the feet of, of a big man. I – you know, he, he kicked – what did he kick? Two on the weekend um, just from getting to the right spots putting on the pressure, doing the tackling, those sorts of... I think, I think we've got a player there, if I'm honest. I do, I do too. And I, I've said it from round one. I, I think there is a player. He, he's not um, like up to standard of dominating at AFL level yet mm. um, or being, you know, like a goal-kicking, you know, small forward. Who knows? I don't know what his ceiling is. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I haven't spent enough time with the guy. and um, he, he, he could be, you know, a, a battler his whole career. I don't know. And that, mm. it could be the opposite of that. But um, yeah, the role he plays in, in, I'm trying to liken it to a role in another sport. Um, well, perhaps context dependent now or suits the context of the Tour de France going on. But in the Tour de France, you sort of have um, your contenders and they're supported by people. The contenders are the one who normally wins the stage and, Mm, in the yellow mm. jersey and the superstar of the team and they're supported by these guys called the um the domestic mm. and all they do the, the the goal is that your um your contender doesn't uh go goes the whole day without working too hard till the very end so mm. you know they always put a couple of riders in front of him so mm. that he's protected by the mixer. yeah he he works I think on the on the docker they were saying like forty. You're doing forty percent less work when you're having the wind broken for you. Mm. I mean, he'll have teammates go and get get the get the bags of water and 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 fuel and all that sort of stuff for mm. him and bring him to him and blah blah blah. Um, he yeah, like so these are guys who they probably work the hardest during the day mm. and get no recognition for mm. it. But do all the work for one guy. He seems like that. That's his sort of role. He would would cover plenty of ground throughout the day. Maybe touch the ball five to ten times. But mm. the running that he does ensures that the people who so perhaps are more dangerous with it right now, i.e., your Stringers, your Perkins, your Hobbs, Caldwell, mm. Wright, Langfords, etc., were able to get the ball to them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I and, and probably Guelph in that category as well a little bit. So, I so Guelphie was second in the best and fairest last year, right? So he had a really good year, and he's and he's been moved around a lot. I think the difference with Guelphie is he's a little bit more athletic. He seems a bit quicker and a bit more agile, but I think Menzi is just a smarter small forward. He's just a more natural small forward. He is the kind of guy in local footy that, and this is not him, but you'll know the guy that I'm talking about who is not very tall and he's a little bit pudgy and he's not very fit, but he's just got goal sense. And in local footy, he just ends up kicking three or four every week. 
because he just knows where to run and he can kick a good goal and he gets him over the back. And you know the exact player that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That Jai Menzi is that at AFL level. And I'm definitely not saying that he's not fit and that he doesn't work hard and that he's not strong and blah, blah, blah. But if you put him at local level, that's the guy that he would be. Yeah, yeah, and, and if he didn't obviously train as hard as he does, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's he's yeah, certainly that type, old opportunist, but but does the work off the ball. But because he knows where to be, because he he's done it, he's just a pure small forward, and I I think you need three of those in your team, and Guelphie, him, and Snelling are getting the job done at the moment. Snelling's not hitting the the scoreboard as much. But I'm I'm liking his pressure, and he's still, I think, one of our best kicks going inside fifty. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Look, I, I have said it. He he sort of plays like that conduit role. Mm. Uh, Langford probably used to play. Mm. Yeah, he probably, he probably hasn't hit, hit his straps as much, nor did he last year. But look, like I said, he's, he's sort of he's playing his role. Yeah, that's all that matters. Um, so so I've got another like for you, and. Yep. Let it never be said that Essendon don't get injury luck because, boy, oh, boy, that could have been the end of Ridley's year and it could have been the end of next year for Ridley. And he has gotten away with bone bruising and potentially going to play this week. Yeah. Um, that time we had one. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, very... I was very, very glad to hear. It's, it's funny how... Like, he wouldn't have come back on the ground if there was anything structurally wrong. No, you can um, test him in the rooms, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can Maybe. do the anterior draw, the posterior draw. You check the collateral ligaments. And if the knee swells up, sometimes they're not very indicative. And I think if there was any doubt at all, then they just wouldn't have brought him back on. So, mm. and, and it's clear from the scans that structurally it was sound because the scans have said that it was just bone bruising. But, yeah, there's, there's plenty of orthopedic tests that you can do in the rooms to know whether they can come back on or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that that's, that gave me some confidence that perhaps there wasn't as much uh, structure damage as what we may have feared because it looked nasty. And it's, it's funny how yeah. injury games work sometimes. Like, you, you can have something innocuous and, you know, things mm. quite bad. Like, how, how many blokes have, you know, torn their ACL or, or something like that in, in, in a fairly innocuous change of direction or... Mm. I mean, David Hill back in uh, 09, mm. like, he just mm. landed. Um, yeah. And then you have someone like that and he's fine. So, yeah. Uh, we're very glad to hear it. Very, very so, glad to hear it. I, I, I'm not averse to if he's not right, don't play him. Definitely not. Definitely not. Because if you look at look at the context of his career, obviously it's a, it's a no-brainer to not playing. But look at the context of the season. You would say that we're not we, – at the start of the year, we weren't expected to beat Geelong. And the likelihood of re- like worsening an injury if he's not 100% is actually quite high. And we've got Baldwin, assuming he's right after his little ankle in the twos, and we've got Nick Cox, who is 100% fit and has played three or four games. So I would happily, let's say Baldwin is, is not fit, I would happily play Nick Cox and say to him, look, you are playing the float across Take intercept mark role, and I think he'll probably excel at that. Yep, yep. No, uh, uh, yeah, he's a very similar type. Him and Coxie, um, well, well, from school days, um, Coxie very much um, plays in a similar fashion to how Ridley does now across half back. So, yeah, and I think that would be possibly the best thing that we could do for Nick Cox is let him play the natural game that he played his entire junior career, and just yep. let him float. Not have a man and just float across the half back line, taking intercept marks. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, dare, I do say, I dare say that is the plan yeah. for him. And I think if my brother was here, he would say uh, that is exactly what he was told by the great man himself. So, mm, uh, mm. Yeah. so look, I'm fully fit, Ridley. Yes, I would take absolutely every day of the week. But I think Ridley missing a game to be a hundred percent right and getting. A, a game into Nick Cox in, in his, exactly his natural position is is not a bad consolation prize. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I, mm. I, I actually think um I think Baldwin's in a cab off the ranks. Yeah, Baldwin's had a really good year yeah. in the twos, and his intercept marking has been elite, and he's 
disposal by foot's been elite. So, look, I'm I'm happy for Baldwin to come in if he's if he's fit as well. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I thought he's probably stiffy at drop, but mm. I, mean, I agree. Was, I agree. It was for Lav, so there yeah. you go. But uh, yeah, should we look forward, Nick? Mm. Mm. So there's just a couple more things that I wanted to touch on for the game. Um, I've only really got one dislike, and that is Parrish's kicking. Mm. Quite a few times, and they weren't pressure kicks. He was in space, he had time, and he's just missing a couple of easy hits. Well, you can't say it's easy because they're working so hard and they're so fatigued. But a couple of kicks that if he that Merritt wouldn't miss, and I know Merritt's one of the best kicks in the comp. Nick Martin wouldn't miss them, you know. He's just gonna be hitting them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Look, I, I think he's just in a bit of a patch, come back from injury. Mm. Um, these things happen. You, you're mm. a little bit off. So for me, it's not a worry. He'll be, he'll be fine. He'll mm. be fine. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying it's something that he needs to clean up. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But um, again, I've got confidence that he will. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, and there's plenty of rhetoric there. You know, he's not, he's not going to be worth what we pay for him. I, I just, I think that's completely. A player that good and that that quality, um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, happy to have him. Happy to have him in. You absolutely want, want Parish on you. He makes every every team in the AFL. He makes better. There's no question. We're keeping back. Like, yeah, it's. I agree. The oh, people yeah. who say that we should get rid of him are uh, nuffs. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll he'll work through this little patch he's going through. Yeah, just he's a bit like Heppel earlier in the season. Just needs to clean up his kicking a little bit, and I think he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, uh, this, uh, skill things a funny one because like mm. in, you know, like in local footy, like coaches are always going to be clean up. And it's like, y- yes, we know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 yeah. I I think you just work through it. Um, mm. The worst thing you can do is blow it up into um, you know, something and, and then it becomes mental and. Yeah, I think you just keep going and, and it'll work out. So um, mm. all good. All good. Mm. for me. Yeah, I'm 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 confident in him. Yeah, I um look Langford goes continues to go from strength to strength. Um, kicking goals. He's he's turned into a really dangerous forward, particularly with Wright and Wiedemann in the team. So really enjoying his body of work. I Stringer's probably drew a really big performance. Like he's doing the team thing. He's kicking a goal or two. That that kick from the boundary was just just bananas. <laughs> he just hits it so easily, and it just sailed right through. That was a really difficult kick. So uh, he's he's fine. I'm happy with him doing the team thing, and you know, save your your game winning performance for for our first final. Yeah, look, the thing about Stringer is, and uh, he's done this a few times this year. He's popped up when we probably need him the most. Mm, mm. Um, so and, and popping up just means you'll kick a goal we really need or come through when the when the when the things are tough. So um, look, he must be doing something right because Brad keeps him in there. So mm, mm. Um, and I think we discussed this before. Uh, like if Brad is let's just say, hey, all we need from him as a forward is your pressure and effort, uh, and everything else will, will you know like he's he's doing that. So. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, the the pressure's not on him to to be Dusty Martin mm, uh, mm. of of twenty seventeen for us. He, he's you know his job is to do whatever um, Brad expects of a, a forward. So, so just two more things I want to touch on before we we move on to to looking forward to next week. Yeah. Uh, number one is Wiedemann. Um I think you keep him in. I I've. You just need to, Laura and I were talking about this last week, dropping him doesn't help his confidence. Dropping him is exactly what he got at Melbourne. Uh, his effort is there. He's competing around the ball. I'm liking using him as a second ruck, and I think it'll turn. It was very similar to Peter Wright in his first year at the Bombers. you just got to persist. you just got to give him the guarantee that you're playing every week, regardless of, of what you're doing. And look, he had some really good moments. That was a really clever fake set shot into a pass. Um, that Martin made looked really good. Um, just just let him play. Um, we've got the only option to come in is Patrick Voss, and for some reason, there must be something that he's still working on that the, the coaches still want him to work on. 
because otherwise he would have been in with his big performances. So um, I say leave him in. Yeah, no, I, so I, I totally agree with you. Um, mm. Yeah, look, there is a lot of rhetoric around the community. He's out, you know, he's no good, blah, blah, blah. But no, I, I agree with you. Um, there is nothing to be gained from dropping him. Mm. Um, and yeah, he I, I, just never, it's a funny game, isn't it? But you never know. Because you just need one moment for him mm-hmm. as a as a call. He seems to take one big contested mark, kick a goal, mm. um, and then he's on. And then you mm. just go, all right, yep. And there's that feeling of you knowing you're all over your opponent and that sort of thing. You, you start taking marks. You start, yeah. So I, I think he's 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 worked through the the hardest bit of his little slump. I think he's going to come out the other end very shortly. Mm. I think uh, he just needs. I think they just need him. To take a shot. It's almost like the start of the game. Clear everyone else out of the 50. Get the ball in his hands and let him get a gimme. And then the rest will come from there. Yeah. <laughs> Still the Pagan's Paddock. But yeah. I mean, everyone forgets he was uh, quite prominent for us early when, when, when Peter was out. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he was as good as what Peter is now. But um, yeah. No, totally great. He, very, very, very similar to position to where Peter Wright was. Uh, in 2021. Mm, uh, and, then, and then, well, there was one like Peter came out and kicked eight, and that was pretty much the start of uh, the start of it for him. Mm, so, mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm with you. Persist. Mm. So the last thing to touch on, Andrew Phillips. Yep. Last two games as a solo ruckman, really, really good performances. Yeah. Uh, do we challenge his one-week ban? Does it potentially put us at risk of him getting through? I don't think so. It's worth a challenge, yeah. If if, if it's not going to blow it out to two, but um, I I, I actually think a one-week is probably fair. I my argument would be the grading of medium and not low impact, because Riley O'Brien had. Absolutely no ill effects. He literally got up, took his kick, was not affected at all. So, and I I understand that if you choose to bump and hit the head, that you're in trouble. And I don't have any issues with that going to the tribunal. But I would argue it's low impact, given that Riley O'Brien was not affected at all. Yeah. I don't know. Did they... um... Have they, in terms of the head, do they normally uh, uh, rate that a little bit higher? Um, well, that's that's not the severity of the impact. That's the contact. So it was high contact. So it already gets graded for being high. Yeah, I'm um, saying if, if it is uh, a little bit heavier, um, eh, sorry, do they go, they rate a little bit higher just, just even if, just because it's the head, they just automatically say medium. The, this is the problem. Who the fuck knows? It is such a lottery at the the tribunal and the grading system. Yeah, that's that's fickle. That's fickle. Look, yeah, I I do think it's a week, but uh, yeah, not yeah. I wouldn't say that goes to two. So yeah, worth worth a challenge. Worth a challenge. Mm. Mm. So, so, Maddie, why don't we take a little bit of a break? I know our one listener, Darren McNabb, who, by the way, is the only listener that interacted with us on socials, so shout out to him, uh, wants to hear our opinions on, on where we go from here. So let's take a little bit of a break, and then when we jump back in, we'll talk about uh, Saturday night at GMHBABC Do you Stadium. have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those melodramatic fools. Saturday evening, 7.25. The only time I remember Essendon ever playing at Sydney Park was pre-season a couple of years ago. I don't think I've ever seen Essendon play an actual, real, live four-point game at Sydney Park. Yeah, I think um, it's a strange. Uh, it's a, it was a strange call by whoever did the fixture to put us there, but um, 
I suppose maybe because we got the. Were we home for the? It must have been a home game. That was our home game. Yep. Yeah. Right. For some reason I remember wearing the white shorts, but maybe I'm making that up my head. But um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, interesting they put us out there, but yeah, I I don't think I've ever been to uh, GMHBA Stadium. I have. I've been there for victory games. It is terrible. Yeah, okay. it is. It is so bad. It's so bad. I don't know if it's been um, upgraded since, but it's it's windy. The ground is a very bizarre shape. It is. It's a shithole. Laura said to me, "Do you want to jump on the train and go down?" And I said, "Not on your life. There is no chance that I will ever go back to that stadium." Yeah, I I don't know why you'd play a club as big as us and want to play down there, but um... especially with um like. A whole grandstand missing. Mm. It's a strange move. Yeah, it's a strange move. But I, I, look, I, I do understand their argument that that's their home ground, and I, I understand that argument. But then play every every home game there. Don't pick and choose, and 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 maybe it's a bit of an AFL call, right? Like, don't pick and choose and play your big games at the MCG because you want to earn more revenue, and then. Um, play the odd game down at GMHBA because you know it it suits you better. I, I dare say it's an AFL call, and they may yeah. have an agreement that they've got to play a number in Melbourne. Um, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, the way the world works is that that revenue uh, factor is not a small factor. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, I would have thought that they would have wanted to play the Bombers at. at Marvel or MCG, because we've averaged seventy-two thousand at, at mm. our games this year. So it, it's going to be particularly with with us playing well at the moment. It would have been a, a bumper crowd. Yeah, no, I, I, pardon me, I agree. Yeah, str- yeah, very strange. We could go on about that all night, but uh, mm. Mm. so so the big thing to come out of this game is it is Zach Merritt's two hundred. Wow. Now, if there was ever a game where we would win for the individual player, it's got to be this one, right? Zach Merritt has led from the front this whole season. And I think if anyone deserves a bit of extra effort to get us over the line, it's the captain. Yeah, look, I think if... if... Slightly disappointed if there's uh, extra effort to give. Hopefully, giving extra effort every week, or their most effort every week, and they couldn't get any extra. But um, yeah, look, I'll, I'm sure they'll they'll fire up. And uh... I always find it like it's an interesting one. Like the game now, especially at that level, is so structured and intense, and um. Well, there's no other words to describe intense. Like, it must be hard to actually have an opponent who's like, oh, we got to give a little bit more because it's this. Mm. You know? Like, um, yeah, I think it comes into local footy and junior footy, right? But it actually doesn't come into professional. Like, yeah, you, yeah, like the, yeah. I, I just don't know if there's like there's actual scope for it because, you know, there's such a structured role to play and there's a such a structured way of playing and, and team defenses and, uh, methodical ball, you know, all this sort of stuff. So mm. um, I, I think the way that we re- reward Zach the most is if we just stuck to what... Um, and we just played in, in the manner that he plays, right? Like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, that'll do Zach really well. But um, yeah, jeez, uh, he's, he's... 200 games, that's 10, 10 plus years of... Uh, Playing every week, right? Yeah, pretty much every week. But just, I think about what he's endured over the last ten years. Oh, uh, and and that's what I mean. He, of all the players, he just deserves one, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, we've discussed it before. Um, a guy who you know, there probably isn't um, many in the comp who give as much as as what he does, mm. and and focus on developing himself. In a football manner, but probably in in every aspect of his life, 
Um, just you know, a pure professional. Mm. Um, mm. You know, probably no one who deserves that sort of. Um, and and he's been incredibly loyal, but uh, yeah, deserves that uh, return from from his club. So let's talk about some changes, right? So we've already had a chat about Baldwin and or Cox in for Ridley if he's if he doesn't get up. I'm actually excited by the prospect of Nick Bryan getting to ruck all day because he has been dominating in the VFL and when he's come into the AFL, he's been on really limited minutes and I I don't can't see it being a fitness issue because He's been playing four games in the twos and and rucking one out. So I'm excited by the prospect that if we appeal Phillips's ban and he doesn't get off, that we give Nick Bryan the opportunity and say, hey, this game is your game. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm fine with that. Um, I, I wonder if he'd be one of those guys that probably ruck better when they're like the sole ruckman sort of thing. Like, I, That's I what I'm hoping to find out, to be honest. Yeah, I remember him coming in last year against... Carlton or was mm-hmm. it before? But I actually thought he did okay. Um and 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 you know it's quite well documented that Geelong um you know they're not uh the greatest with their ruck stops. Yeah, they don't have a dominant ruckman, right? Reece Stanley's a bit of a like he's, he's a decent player, but he's not he's not a, a ruckman that you're afraid of. Blitzarves again, you know, he's a ruck rover. He'll he'll ruck a little bit, but again, you're not you're not worried about him as the ruck matchup. And then when it goes forward, you've got Hawkins in the ruck um, in their forward line. So I think it's as good an opportunity as any. Yeah, no, yeah, totally agree. I, I think, yeah, bring, bring in Brian. That's an obvious one. Uh, Baldwin or Cox are an obvious ones there for he doesn't play. I'm not sure I'm making too many other changes outside of that. No, I, I tend to agree. Uh the, there is talk that Cameron is coming back in this week. Um, okay. So, you know, you plan for the worst anyway. Like, you're going to be planning. I think it, it's going to be interesting to see Laverde on Hawkins, given he didn't play last time. Um, and then the matchup on Cameron is, is the more difficult one, I think. Yeah. Well, I think the last time he played... Um... Tomahawk obviously he gave it to Zerk mm. uh, in that well, at least in that first quarter. Mm. Um, so I don't know if he's the matchup. Maybe Zerk is the one, and, and yeah, he's played on Tex Walker, so you don't know. And and it actually starts with the defense up the ground to which we weren't displaying. Yeah, particularly in that first quarter, like you could have you could have been anyone. Yeah, and it was boys against men. Yeah, that day. So maybe Zerk goes to him again. Um, Kane Baldwin, I mean. He, he might actually not be a bad matchup for Tom Hawk. He's, he's strong. He's strong. <laughs> he's a strong boy. Yeah. Uh, and, and thick. So it might actually be all right. Yeah. Uh, but I do remember the, the Ridley matchup on Hawkins and Zerk on Cameron worked a little bit better mm. than the opposite. So what do you yeah. think about Jake Kelly on uh, on Cameron? He he gave he gave um what's his name? Rankin. An absolute bath. We didn't run through that in the likes and dislikes. We got too carried away. But yeah, I thought his performance on on Rankin was great. Yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah, um, no, I, I certainly, uh, yeah, I had full faith in uh, in Jake there to take on Cameron, and that that releases someone like a Redmond uh, to not have to play that sort of role. So, mm. um, I mean, we might go with you know a more dynamic option if Cameron starts to play up the ground. Mm. So, yeah. Look, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not fearful that we don't have the matchups to go with Geelong down back. Um, to, yeah, I actually don't mind the, the thought of Baldwin on, on Hawkins. Um, or, yeah. Or Laverde as well. I think he may have a, a little bit more strength to match Hawkins than say Zerk does. So just, mm. just based on age and, and time. Mm. Right, so. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I think I think they're very gettable, John. I, I'm not sold that this is uh, an owl for us. Like perhaps it was earlier in the year, or the, the, yeah, the on Geelong. I, I actually think they're very gettable, and we don't know what we're going to get from them. Yeah, and and the thing is that um, 
winning this game really sets up our on on the back of beating Adelaide, right? Uh, really sets up our year, and I think the confines of GMHBA actually helps us a bit. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just looking up the dimensions of GMHBA. Uh, skinnier. skinnier. That's correct. Um, and so I think that actually helps. It's skinnier and longer. So I think it actually yeah, helps yeah. our structure defensively in terms of ball movement. So we we can cover, there's less width for us to set up our zone into. Um, and then our, and it gives us more time to get back. So we, we are allowing transition from 50 to 50, but uh, I think the dimensions actually help our system really well. Yeah. Well, it seems to me the way we defend the ball, um, it seems, and I wonder if this is what Truck was hoping to try and integrate, but uh, we don't, like sometimes we go to the ball uh, mm. and um, we'll, we'll, you know, immediately put pressure on the ball. But if we're already in a, um, what I'd sort of say is that second layer. Like, we've, if we don't have that player directly at the ball face to defend, and there's sort of a player in that second layer of distance, so that mm-hmm. five, ten meters, mm. maybe a little bit further, there seems to be instruction to not necessarily push yourself to the ball, but rather try and corral and force him to go a certain way with his options by shutting out his most dangerous option, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So yeah, it does. as a pl- player sort of wide of corridor, that player in the our defender in the second layer would go and man up their player in the corridor mm-hmm. rather than immediately put pressure on the ball. Mm-hmm. Or or at least make him think twice about going through the corridor. Getting yep. a position to do that, which is an interesting way to defend. Because mm. you know, uh, traditionally it's been pushed pressure the ball. The ball. But, uh, yeah. So that that very well could be the case that um you know, same our ideology being we want to choke them of options and force them to go long because they don't have an option. Mm-hmm. Um to which we've already got numbers back. So yeah, I, I that's I think that's a good point. Um it it very well could suit our defensive structures very well. Yeah, and it's a smaller bit. ground. It's a shithole. Like, there's no other way to talk about it. It is just, it's just a subpar. Well, look, I haven't been there in probably five years, but it is a subpar stadium. I'm so glad Victory do not play there anymore. Yeah, well, anything West. They say West is best. I don't know. The Western side of this state, although having said that, uh, some towns like Dallas and Ballarat, beautiful parts of the world, but uh, Mm. Mm. for the most part, but... uh, yeah, Geelong. Not the best thing this state has to offer. I'll say that. But I think, look, what it comes down to is if we bring the pressure, if we get our defensive structure right, I think we can beat them. I, I'm not afraid of Geelong like we were earlier in the year. And look, we it, it's more likely for us to have a loss than a win, uh, but I think we have the ability to beat them. If, if we're on, if our pressure's there, and if we can execute well. there's I don't think there's any glaring matchups apart from sort of Hawkins getting hold of us, but if we can pressure on the midfield, I would back our midfield against theirs. Uh, it, it's starting to look a little bit thin past Dangerfield, unlike last year, um, yep. where it looked really good. Um, and you might, like, I think our, our next, our second string of midfielders is actually performing better than their their second string of midfielders. Like you put a Hobbs and a Caldwell in versus their next rotation, I'm I'm more confident. Yep, yep. No, no, I think that's well documented. Their second string guys isn't performing to the standard they, they would like. So mm. and ours are. So mm. yeah, I I think we're a red hot chance for this. And I yeah. I actually said that last year in round one when we got absolutely pumped. Um, mm. it's the first yeah. we'll know in the first ten minutes, won't we? Like it, yep. because that's that's what's been our undoing against Geelong in recent times is they've blown us away early, and I mean earlier in the year we were, we had an honourable loss by jumping back in and and 
actually outscoring them for three quarters, but it, it will be the first 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah, and, and we, we started on the weekend, so mm. no reason we can't do it again. Mm. Now, look, looking forward to this one. Yeah. And then, yeah, following that, we've got another semi-elimination final, and then it gets a little bit easier for a few weeks with the Swans, West Coast, North, and then GWS. So, you know... Is it easier? Well, it's on, it's on paper on it's on paper easier. It's and as Brad Scott Brad Scott says, it's not who you play; it's when you play him. So, you know, um, focus on this one. If we get a win, it, it's enormous for our season. Enormous. Mm, which I think we're a very very good chance. Mm-hmm. Well, Maddie, thanks for joining me. Thank you, mega ep tonight. Mm, no, it's yeah, it is a bit of a long one. So. I'll uh, I'll get this out. Follow us on Insta, Facebook, all that stuff. Send us some messages, um, and then we'll catch up. We'll probably be dejected and deflated when we are uh, when we next discuss uh, this resurgent football club, the Mighty Bombers. So, Maddie, thank you for joining me. I think we'll be just fine. But uh, just a quick shout out again to uh, Mr. Darren McNabb. We appreciate two shout outs. Two shout-outs, mate. You put in that level of effort that he does and shows the appreciation. Um, we certainly appreciate him, mate. So um, thank you. Keep getting involved. Get your friends involved. Um, we, uh, who knows? We may look in the future, get our heads uh, more prominent on the socials. But, uh, yeah, if uh, you do see us, please say day. We'd love to meet you. Mm. But, uh, thank you. Although, maybe, did he say he lives in the state? Uh, I have to speak to the social media manager. Yeah, but uh, no, Darren, thank you very much. Maddie, until the next time. Very honest.